everybody, and thank you for joining me here on Take a Knee. Had to take a break last week because of so many things going on for Mother's Day and whatnot, but it's good to be back and bringing us a fresh topic. Today, I want to talk about reflection. You remember when you were a kid, you were kind of surprised by two things, so many surprises, but two that I think of when I was a youngster. Number one, well, the first one was when I heard my voice on a tape recorder. I remember I was probably 12 or 13 that I got my first tape recorder, and I loved doing so many things with it. It was a magical toy for me. But I remember hearing my voice for the first time on that tape recorder, whether it be that one or maybe one before. And I remember thinking, that's not me. And I would look at people and I'd say, I sound like that? And you probably had the same experience when you heard your voice for the first time. You couldn't believe it was you. The second thing that I think really surprises us when we experience it for the first time is looking in the mirror. And you look at the mirror and you look at yourself, you look at your eyes, you look at your hair, you look at your nose, you look at your teeth, you look at your ears, you look at every feature of your face, and at times you just think, that can't really be me. And sometimes you're surprised. But it's interesting that what we often do is begin to criticize or we don't like what we see. And of course, this changes when you're a child, but it changes our whole life, doesn't it? The reflection, what we see changes. And of course, it takes time for these things to change, but there are times we get haircuts and we look in the mirror, we shave or we don't shave, or we notice our hair getting white, our beard growing a certain way. And the reflection of what we see changes. And when I think of reflection, I think of a couple of things. I was sharing with the staff the other day, or today actually, about how so many things in our life reflect who we are. And it's important that we see these. We start with the mirror, and we think of James chapter 1, where James is telling us that if we looked into the mirror and we forgot what we looked like, would be us forgetting the Word, forgetting the power of the Word of God, and how important it is to us. And so we just have a short-term memory of what we would look like in this reflection. And, of course, he's trying to tell us in this analogy that it's so incredibly important that we remember what we see, we remember what we hear, and that we can apply it. He's saying that it would be silly for us to run away and forget what we look like. It's almost as inconceivable, really. He said, but looking at the Word of God is that impacting. It's that surprising that it will have that kind of impact on us that in some ways we never do forget. And so it's folly whether we choose to or not. And, and, and if we do forget what we're looking at, then it's probably because we either don't like what we're looking at and we choose to forget, or we just become so embroiled and overwhelmed with so many of the things of this world that we forget the perfect law of liberty. We forget what it is that God is speaking to us. That mirror is everything. And it also reflects what and who we really are. And so I want to go a little deeper with this concept today. I want to talk about that our life and the things that we do, the things that we buy, the things that we say, all of this reflects who we are. And you know what, my friend? You can't really hide it. I mean, you think you can for a while. We try. We try to put on facades. We try to put on religious activity. We try to do things to hide who we really are. But in the end, it eventually is going to leak. 
it's going to impact. And where do we see that? We see it in the things that we do. We see it in the things that we buy. We see it in the time that is spent. And it's a very powerful truth if we just examine it for a moment, which I'm wanting to do today. So if we look at it from the negative point of view to start with, that our laziness will be seen when we think of the Proverbs of the sluggard who doesn't get up early and doesn't pay attention to the things. Even the ant is one who is always busy and never idle and is always working. He says, go to the ant, it says in Proverbs, and see what he does. Let him be your example. So we can see that. We can see it in our laziness. We can see it as it's reflected on people, whether we have friends or whether we don't have friends. If people can say, you know what, I really appreciate that person. I appreciate what they say, what they do, how they have impacted me. That is going to be your reflection. That is a reflection of you. So again, from a negative point of view, there's many different things that we can see reflecting in our life. And we may not like what we're looking at. Matter of fact, we may even deny it. But let's not spend the rest of the time on that. Let's take a look at what could be the positive reflections that we see. Well, it would be, again, what we spend our time on and connection with people. But ultimately, we're going to reflect, you know, upon people and upon things. And you're going to see, if you walk into a person's yard, whether they care for their yard or not, or things are trimmed, the grass is cut, the pathways are trimmed in such a way that it's clean and the flowers are well watered. You can tell in a yard that a person cares for that yard. You can also see, as it says in Proverbs, that you can see that in people that we're responsible for. Are they a well-watered garden, such as a wife, if you're a man or a husband? Then you can see in their life the reflection of your attention to detail in their life. Are they going to be cared for? Do they have a clear eye? Do they have a good self-image? Do they act as if they've been encouraged? Has courage been imparted to them? Has character been imparted to them? Whether we like it or not, as parents, our children are a reflection of us. And again, you can see it in our home. If you walk into a person's home, if it's clean or not clean, if there's attention to detail on the way the art is placed upon the walls, the way things are organized, if things are kept clean and floors are not cluttered. It's a reflection of who we are. And so as we kind of segue into this idea of excellence, that by looking into the perfect law of liberty, it is supposed to then reflect back upon us, that it is supposed to impact us in such a way as that when we leave the mirror, we're not going to forget what we've heard. We're not going to forget what Jesus has said. In particular, there in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us as well. We believe these truths. They're going to be reflected on us personally, and they're going to be reflected from the things that we care about, whether it be people or things or our jobs, whatever. And so we impact these things in ways that we don't even realize we're impacting these things. And so you have to begin with the idea that this is true, that this is an axiom, that this is a truth, a principle that is absolutely true. And so how can we derive maybe some wisdom? How can we take a knee and listen to the coach of life and walk away with something that we can really just change the world and change our life to help us 
achieve excellence? Well, first of all, we have to look at those things around us that reflect. So if we want to know we're doing a good job with people, then let's look at the people. If we want to know how we're doing in the area of idleness as compared to being full of energy and a builder and a changer and a person of excellence, it's going to be reflected in the things you do. Now, a lot of times people, they want to do something, but it doesn't happen because they lack discipline. But one of the things I've learned about myself is that I don't become disciplined until I look into the mirror. That's why we have scales. That's why we have mirrors. That's why we go to the doctor. That's why we have friends. That's why we have family. That's why we have people in our life who can say, you know what? You're not really seeing what you want to see in the mirror. In fact, I just traveled a couple of weeks ago to a conference and had a wonderful time. It was at a conference, a gathering of pastors from all over the country and really the world. And I was standing in a hotel room. And on the wall was this mirror that was there, obviously, for you to change, be able to look at your clothes and get ready to go someplace. And anyway, I stood in front of that mirror and I noticed it was like, wow, this mirror makes me look skinny. And I remember I wrote my wife, I took a picture of myself in the mirror and sent it to my wife. I said, man, I like this mirror. I want to take it home. And I just thought to myself, you know, (laughs) I love the mirror and I could stand in front of that mirror. It kind of reminds me of the whole Harry Potter thing. And the mirror of Eris said, I think it's called something like that. And it's a deceptive mirror. It's showing you what you want to see, but not reflecting back what is true. And so anyway, I had my own personal experience with that, staring at that mirror and just saying, man, I look great. I'm thin. But then eventually you got to walk away from the mirror. And then I had a picture taken of me with the guys as we were getting ready to go. And I saw the picture and you know exactly what I'm going to say is that I'm looking at it going, I put on a lot of weight. And I have because of various health things and medications that I've been taking that just absolutely destroy your metabolism. I hate that. But obviously I can't just ignore it because then eventually I'm going to stand in front of a mirror that really does reflect back (laughs) what I really do look like. And again, the wake up call was seeing that picture and just saying, you know, I can't deny facts. You know, you can stand in front of the deceptive mirror forever, but it doesn't change the truth. It is only going to show me what I want to see, but it's not reality. And so reality is where we want to live, to really accept the reflection that God gives us. Because ultimately, we have people, we can look at our stuff, we can look at how clean our car is, we can look how organized our checkbook and our finances are. We can look at all these things. Again, they're reflections of our priorities. But ultimately, what we need is to hear from God. That's it. We need to develop a relationship with God with such a way as we let him speak the truth to us. Now, he's going to tell us wonderful, encouraging things. He's going to remind us of what he's already said. And much of what God has said applies to us. The promises, right? The hope and future promises. So those are somewhat generic, but they're still personal. They're still mine. But then also, God wants to speak to us heart to heart, person to person. Now, there's not a lot of people who all really believe that, that God will speak to me as David, as Pastor David, and know my life, to speak into my life, whether it be direction. When it comes to a life coaching type situation, as a believer, hearing the voice of God is incredibly important. Hearing the voice of God. A lot of Christians are like, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Well, we can talk about that more on another podcast. But today, I want to just really point out the importance of it. 
And perhaps you're listening and you have heard the voice of God. And I just want to encourage you to keep listening, keep going to that place where you're going to hear what you need to hear. And when God says it, it has an impact upon us, like a real mirror. See, we want to see what we want to see. We cannot even really trust ourselves with our own advice. Self-deception is the most powerful deception. And yet God is ready by the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to show us, to show us who we really are. No one knows the heart except God, doesn't he? We can't trust ourselves to even evaluate our own heart. Boy, is that hard. Sometimes people even can think that they're hearing from God, and, and it's not really God either. It's just our own voice. But the Word of God is what helps us there, divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow there in Hebrews, to help us understand and discern between the voices that we have access to. But to hear the voice of God, to reflect back to us, what we need to hear is so incredibly life-changing. So I don't know where you are, my friend, where you are in life, what decisions you have to make. And even by looking at the things that you're responsible for, the job that you have, you know, as I jump on that just for a second, maybe this is even going to apply to someone that's listening. Maybe you've had some criticism from your bosses. And if you have gotten that and you've reacted to say, well, no, they're just wrong. They don't understand. They're deceived. They're arrogant and proud and have no idea what I have to go through. You know, that's denying what the reflection of the mirror is trying to communicate to you. Perhaps you should just listen and accept the reflection and begin to then ask for help, either from God or to begin in the process of being honest with yourself. It's through that door that change can really happen. It's through that door when you have an honest opinion. To share a quick story like that on this particular topic, I was working, I'll just tell you where I was working. I was working at UPS, and I learned so many things at that job. I worked there four years to get myself through college in early marriage. And I remember the first two years were incredibly tough. One of the hardest jobs I'd ever had in my life, and still to this day in comparison. And I only worked there four to six hours every morning, depending on the season. But I can tell you right now, it was incredibly difficult. It was mental, it was physical, it was psychological. And it was a very tough job. And I remember in the first two years, I just had a terrible attitude. I fought against the system. I argued with my bosses. I, at times, did things that that I knew were unethical as far as what I was doing with the packages and letting them break or throw them out of anger and frustration of the working on this belt and loading these package cars. It was a lot like the Lucy segment where she's sitting there and the chocolates are going by and she's having to pack them and they're going too fast and it becomes just this madhouse how funny it is. And that's the way it would be. I mean, you'd have packages going by and you had to look at the labels. I mean, you couldn't imagine the kind of stress this job had. So I was called into the office after two years. It was a new plant manager that came in. And he said, you know, I just need to meet the guy who had the most write-ups of anybody at this plant. And I remember being embarrassed. And he asked me, do you want to work for UPS further? And I said, no, I don't. I said, I'm actually studying for the ministry. And he kind of looked at me like, oh, okay. Like, all right, well, you got a few things to learn there, young man. As he went through the papers, and I remember just looking at him and said, sir, I'll just be honest with you. Every bit of that is true. 
I've had a terrible attitude. And I said, if you would just give me a second chance, I can prove it to you. And he looked at me and he took all of those write-ups and he dumped them into the trash can. And he said, fair enough, let's start over. And I'll never forget that after the next two years that I worked there, and when I finally told him that I was getting hired to a full-time pastor's position as a youth pastor, I was going to be leaving. And the plant manager came to me and he said, David, are you sure you don't want to stay with us? We would love to make you a driver. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, no way that I want to work for that company anymore. But I remember also thinking to myself, you know, God helped me. I changed my attitude. He could have easily said, good riddance, but he didn't. He said, you know, you have changed so much over the last two years that we really want you to become a part of our company. Even think about management. And I was like, no, this is not what I'm called to do. But it really helped me to see that it takes a big choice. It takes making a choice on the inside and saying, I can't deny what I see in this mirror. I can't deny what was in the write-ups. I can't deny what other people are saying. Not everybody's an idiot. Not everybody's a moron. Not everybody doesn't know what they're talking about. No way. Especially as a believer, God is going to speak to you. Whether he's going to speak to you, the still small voice. And if we don't listen to that, then he's going to use the people closest to us. And if you don't listen to that, then he's going to use people that are strangers. And if we don't listen to that, then he's going to then bring in struggles and difficulties, breakdowns, chaos to speak to you. So my word of advice to you is to look at the mirror and let it reflect upon you and to show you what it is and who you are. And don't deny what you see, but go to work. Go to work. You don't like your haircut, right? Get a better one. If you don't like what you're seeing there, well, you can fix your teeth, you can get eyeglasses, you can do so many things today. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our character. I'm talking about those things that are under our care and our responsibility. That we become more responsible, more disciplined, more committed to excellence in every area of our life, both in our attitude and our morality and our responsibilities. My friend, if you embrace that, then you will have a wonderful, wonderful future. And you will have many friends, and you will have many praises and attaboys and girls. You'll have all that you need in order to be able to succeed and enjoy life. Because none of us are perfect. Every one of us looks into the mirror and sees things that we don't like. But God is here and ready and able to help us capitalize on our weaknesses so that they then become strengths. Look into the mirror, my friend. It will reflect what you need to see. Blessings. You have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time.